I'm sitting here with Peter, who has been travelling to Gambia for about 10 years now and has lived here for the last five. Hello, Peter. Hi. Uh, what do you like about Gambia? Why do you come here? Uh, I've been coming to Gambia for so long because in the winter months, the weather is unbeatable. And I, I was married to a Gambian girl and I find the, uh, the whole place very relaxing and good for my health. Can you tell me in what sense you feel it's good for your health? Yes, I find that I come uh, from the UK to here. And I'm generally uh, pretty overweight, stressed out, tired, frustrated, exhausted, that kind of uh, feeling. And um, after three, four weeks in the Gambia, I find that all that falls away and I feel, I feel a lot more energetic, a lot more healthy and a lot more rested. Are you retired or do you have work in the UK? Uh, what, what brings Semi-retired. you Semi-retired. I, I work sometimes. Right. How can you afford this lifestyle of part of the time in the UK and part of the time out here in the Gambia? Gambia is, is um, not expensive by European standards, although prices are on the move upwards. It is still very good value and you just don't need as many um, outgoings or costs or to pay for as much as you do in a city where I live in London, for example. It's a far, far cheaper environment. What's it typically cost you to live here? What are your main costs? I've never really costed it out. I pay for food, I pay for petrol, I pay for, for cash power for the house and um, I have uh, a house help and that's about it. So uh, I'm living here probably uh, for a third of what I would live in London for, but it's not so much the cost, it's the quality of the life, which for me, you know, it has to be a healthy environment for me to have a good quality life, and I find it very healthy here, makes me happier when I'm healthier. So... Generally, when I'm here, I'm happier. Yes, you wake up to blue skies. Absolutely, the climate yes. here is generally good. Is it seasonal at all, or is it yes, always the I same? Mean, the, this time of year, during the winter months, it is perfect, I think, perfect. And I've been all around the world, and this is the best climate uh, imaginable. Uh, it gets hot and wet during the summer months, but that's, that's just take it or leave it. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but some, some uh, Europeans find it a bit hot and wet, but I, I don't really care. Right, so right now, um, with the middle of January, it's 30, 32, 34 degrees maybe during the day, is that right? That's a bit high. Uh, I'd say it's more around 29, 30 right, on and, an average day. And what's it get to at the, at the hottest? Oh, um, I, I don't really keep a check on temperatures, but it gets considerably hotter and wetter. Uh, right. Maybe 38-ish, something like that, right. 36. So, it, and this happens, uh, I understand, sort of you get like two seasons within the year, sort of it gets hot and then wet and hot and wet. There's another little blast of um, heat and rain um, early November, which gives a bit of a boost to all the crops and plants and vegetation and growing. So it, um, it's quite a luxuriant place because of that. Right. Uh, climatic anomaly. And are the Gambians good at agriculture, farming, growing food? Well, they, it's not organised in the sense we know it in Europe with big spreads and combine harvesters and technological farming methods or things like that. It's very African, it's very uh, small scale and um, 
small plots and small parcels. But the, the real difference, I think, is that because of that, the, the, the soil is not exhausted and it's naturally organic because there haven't been plastering fertilisers all over the landscape for donkey's years like we have. So people that are looking for organic foods or maybe have food intolerances in Europe because of the, the gener- successive generations of chemicals, I mean, uh, would probably find here uh, you know, life a lot better because, uh, because of the, the lack of chemical presence in their food. Right. So a lack of infrastructure in terms of farming means it's uh, very much sort of hand-to-mouth. We, we picked some grapefruits this morning, knocked them off the tree, um, and there's a lovely immediacy about that. Uh, the other side to the um, lack of infrastructure is rubbish disposal, and I also see around the place a lot of rubbish lying on the ground. There's a government initiative to, for all citizens to get out once a month to clean up their areas, area cleaning. Um, so there is a consciousness that this has to be dealt with. It's just a huge problem for every society. Look at how we struggle in Europe with all our rubbish disposal. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, we've, you know, even European countries have been caught um, towing rubbish barges from Europe to dump in Ghana because we can't get rid of our, our refuse. And it's, it's a huge headache. It's a huge cost. And the government here knows it has to be dealt with, but how? It's a lot of money and it's really difficult. And you also have to educate people about burning rubbish, which for the moment remains their only solution. There are a couple of rubbish dumps, but they're too far away. So people have to burn rubbish and they're burning increasing amounts of plastic and that's causing increasing amounts of pollution. Yeah, so you can wake up in the morning and you can, unfortunately, smell um, the old burning tyre or things like that, but hopefully it's just transient and then you can enjoy the beautiful fresh air and the sound of the birds and relax. Um, What do you think needs to change? Well, it's no doubt it is getting worse over the years. Uh, The population's gone up, you know, supermarkets are handing out plastic bags like nobody's business, you know, which all contributes to the, uh, the, the amount of rubbish that's accruing and that has to be gotten rid of. Um, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I really don't. Burying it's not the answer. Burning it's not the answer. Recycling only gets rid of half of it. So you need a better brain than mine to tackle this problem, uh, and a lot of money. There's a lot of development going on now in the Gambia. Uh, I hear you saying that it's changed quite a bit since the beginning when you came here 10 years ago. You are seeing changes. Um, Do you think these changes will continue? I do, yes. I mean, I've been to a lot of African countries and uh, over the years, 20 odd years, 30 years, but I always notice that they always seem to be just a little bit more raggedy each year, successive year, except for Gambia. Gambia gets a little bit better every year. There's always another new road, there's always a bit more street lighting, there's always a bit better electrical supply. You know, it's always just, you can see it when you're driving around, there's, people are doing things and it is getting better. So from 10 years ago, it's unrecognisable. So, I mean, this is all good, good news. Does everyone here have a good diet? Do they eat enough food? Is there enough money to go around? Well, there's never enough money for anybody, really. Is there? Um, uh, people eat well here. I, I think they do. Um, food is the main concern of an average family. I would say that unlike us in Europe, they spend... You know, a far higher percentage of their income on food than we do, and 
um, provided a family does have income and can afford food, they would eat a healthier diet because they don't eat so much rubbish that we eat over in Europe, you know, crisps and sweets and all the rest of it. The kiddies don't seem to acquire those uh, tastes uh, at a young age. And generally the food's organic and generally um, there's enough of it. But um, there's poor people who struggle in the villages and there's um, you know, some rich people that eat a bit too much. But I would say across the board, people have a pretty healthy diet here. Yes, I was seeing uh, on the beach yesterday, I saw very healthy Gambians and a lot of overweight Europeans on sun lounges. Um, Yes, so the contrast was very stark. Stark, isn't it? Yes. And you think, you know, (laughs) you you just see your eyes, your eyes are the witness to who's who's seeding in life better, you know, from from a dietary point of view. And, of course, the lovely climate being warm, um, the tendency is, to, is for us to eat less because you're out there, you're busy, you're enjoying the beautiful weather and the things you can do here, and uh, you don't need the food because the temperatures are so warm. So I think there's some of that. You don't have the same kind of stresses where you want to curl up on a sofa in a dark, dark London evening and devour a pizza in front of the TV. Very true. So, so maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just one last thing so we were talking earlier about staples and how that's changing here so what what has traditionally been the staple in the diet here and what's the change well uh, unfortunately uh, Gambians love rice and the rice is beautiful here I mean I can eat it every day no problem but um, I believe a lot of it was imported from the far east and a few years ago, with petrol price rises, countries like Thailand decided to turn rice, former rice production areas over to sunflower so that they could produce oil uh, which they needed uh, rather than pay for expensive oil on the world markets. Now, that meant the, the supply of rice dropped. That means the prices went up, and they went up considerably here. And uh, they went up far too quickly and, uh, you know, caused a lot of difficulty for families um, but it was outside their control it was world world cereal prices you know that uh, have done it but um, they manage you know and uh, the dishes here are very uh, you know they're, they're, they're plain good country cooking you know and very tasty That was Peter who has been living in the Gambia for five years and I'm Claire Gibson <laughs> Radio